Welcome to the Armchair Crew Chief. My name is Jordan, and we have another action pack episode for you guys. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and dive into it. This weekend was busy, busy, busy for Saturday and Sunday. This week, we were at Pocono. We actually went to the race and saw all the racing, and it was it's a wild ride. You know, I've told you guys before. If you can make it out to a race, you guys need to do that because it is well worth it. So let's go ahead and dive into everything. Yeah, <clears throat> Everything got kind of like crammed together because we had Arkham Menards racing. We had Truck Series racing. We had Xfinity racing, and we had Cup Series. Rain pushed Arca to the morning of Saturday, which ended up making this day extended long for everybody people working it people watching it it was it was wild and crazy and i can tell some people were tired but you know they worked it out they some of them reaped the benefits of it and the other ones i can assure you they probably had a fun time even though some wrecked or some had issues so let's go ahead and dive into it let's go ahead and jump into the truck series and get going with that that was a, a pretty good race, as we've talked about it before. It can be a wreck fest. Um, it, was, it was fun to watch, just watching all the trucks go back and forth. Uh, the qualifying happened on Friday afternoon-ish. So our top 10 for starting were Chase Purdy, Corey Heim, Matty D, Raja Kruth, Zane Smith, Austin Hill from 10 to 5, Top four were Carson Hosevar, Grant Enfinger, Jake Garcia, and Nick Sanchez getting the pole. And it was, it was, it looked like it was going to be a good race. And how everything kind of played out. We had a couple guys from the Cup Series running in this race. We had Kyle Busch. He ended up starting 12th. Christopher Bell, 14th. And... Ross Chastain was running 23rd or started 23rd, excuse me. So you, you had some of these guys that run well, normally Matt Crafton, who's been up and down this year. He was 25th and you know, it was, it was something, I think it was one of these that Nick Sanchez, he was up there running. He was doing well. <clears throat> I could see him. I thought he was going to win. Honestly, Nick Sanchez had a really fast truck. And, you know, he was up there in the stage one. We had Zane Smith and then Nick Sanchez. Uh, Matty D was another guy doing well. Uh, Kyle Busch just ran up there and he does what he does in the trucks. You know, it's one of those things that it's it. You, you know what he's going to do, like it or love it, hate it, whatever you want to call it. He sits there and he can make money with his his team. So, you know, he was uh, he ended up getting up there. And then we had, you know, the end of stage two, Zane Smith still up there. He had a really strong truck. Uh, Stuart Friesen watching, he was he was doing well. You know, a couple of the guys that we follow, um, Raja Karuth and Haley Deegan. I think Haley Deegan spun early or she got caught up and she just wasn't running well. Um, and it just, it hurt, it hurt her, but it's almost like a continuation of what her season has been. It's been really, really poor. Uh, I don't know if this is a telltale sign that either she needs to do better or this is not her sport. 
or if she just can't handle trucks. I don't know. Um, that's one of those things that will come into play later going forward. Um, she did finish 12th in the stage, uh, stage two, but then going forward, just watching, it was, it was tough. Um, Tanner, Tanner Gray was the first guy that ended up getting the caution, spun his truck. Um, so he caused, he caused one of the cautions and, you know, going through the race at the end of the race, it's all strategy, obviously, but, you know, unfortunately, Jake Garcia and Nick Sanchez collided at the end of the, or, well, with, almost at the end of the race, 15 laps to go. And it kind of, it hurt his chances. He had a very strong truck. I mean, he was running, you know, top two at the end of the stages going forward. So it was, it was tough. It was tough to see that for him um, and what he was doing. Uh, Raja Karuth was another guy that was having some hard times. Um, I wouldn't say I, I will correct myself. I won't say too much hard time as it was. He was just running and it was, I mean, he f- finished eighth in the stage, but just, it seemed like there he wasn't able to move forward more and maybe it's just the way everything was going. So going ahead and finishing off the end of the race here for the trucks, we'll go ahead and finish this with talking about our two people that we talk about more or less on this this uh, podcast, Raja Karuth, he finished 16th. Haley Deegan finished 13th. Um, and we'll go ahead and talk about our top five. Grant Enfinger, he had a strong showing towards the end when everybody was kind of cycling through. <clears throat> Christopher Bell, fourth. Taylor Gray, third. Corey Heim, second. And Kyle Bush was able to come back and have a strong resurgence. And he ended up getting his 100th Truck Series victory. So he now has 100 victories in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. And I believe he's might have said something where he's no longer going to be running trucks once he hits that plateau. So let's go ahead and dive into the playoffs for this one. Our last so people that are there, we have Matt Crafton. That's nine points, nine points to the good. Matty D, 31 points to the good. Nick Sanchez and Ty Majeski. Our other guys that have won are up there. Corey Heim, Zane Smith, Christian Eckes, Grant Enfinger, Carson Hosevar, Ben Rhodes, uh, Stuart Friesen. I could see him probably making it in. It's going to be tough between the 88 and the 52, Matt Kraft in the 88, Stuart Friesen in the 52. I think those are going to be the guys battling for that last spot. <clears throat> we have one last race before playoffs start for the truck series. And that will be next week at Richmond. And we'll see what happens going forward there. I could see a lot of people trying to push to get into it. I mean, we're talking roughly, let's see, there's about two people that I could see up and down. I mean, Tanner Gray is so far out, it's hard to tell what he can do. He's 47 47 points below the cut line. And it's hard to tell what he'll be able to do. So moving forward to the Xfinity race, Xfinity race was a good race also. I think it was all good racing this this weekend. Um, even the the ARCA series, you know, the one guy that we follow, Frankie Munez, Malcolm in the middle, he had some issues at the beginning that kind of hurt him. But other than that, I mean, everything was just great racing. So going into the qualifying, Josh Berry got the pole. Daniel Hemrick, Sheldon Creed, Connor Mosack, John Hunter Nemechek rounded out the top five. And I mean, again, looking at everything, 
we had the the junior motorsports did well. I mean, they're we're talking <clears throat> they got, you know, three of the the top ten starting positions, Justin Algar ninth, Sam Mayer. Oh, actually all the guys got in the top ten, excuse me. Uh Sam Mayer eighth, Brandon Jones seventh, and then you had Josh Berry with the pole. Um, you know, that was it was pretty good to see that. Austin Hill has been very strong so far this year. Uh, I mean, he seems to be the guy to beat. He started off 11th, and, you know, they had the battle with the likes of, you know, Chase Elliott out there running. Um, It'd be interesting to see what happens going forward. I think these guys are going to do well. I I think it's going to end up being between, like, an Austin Hill. I would like to see, you know, Josh Berry kind of get in there and see what he can do since we already know he's moving to the four next year. If he can come out and maybe put some a string of wins together and go out and get that championship before he rides off up to the cup. I don't know. It would be interesting to see um, going forward, you know, what he can do. It It's tough to see some of these other, other guys running and see how they go. Uh, overall, the racing was great. Um, we did have some incidences going forward. John Hunter Nemechek and Cole Custer got into it. Um, you know, they, they ended up not finishing too hot and we, you know, going into it, but let's go ahead and look at everything here. We have 12, let's see, seven races, excuse me for the, the championship field coming up. They're actually going to be at a different race than the, the cup and trucks, but let's go ahead and, catch you on what happened on the stages and going forward. So our top four for stage one were Josh Berry, Daniel Hemrick, John Hunter, Sammy Smith, and then finishing stage two, Josh Perry, just, excuse me, Josh Berry, John Hunter, Brandon Jones, and then finishing off the race, we have our top five. We'll start with five, go to one. Daniel Hemrick finished fifth, Riley Hurst fourth, Chase Elliott third, Sam Mayer first, and Austin Hill, or sorry, excuse me, Sam Mayer second. Austin Hill won the race. And, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, Josh Berry got hit, caught up, and I, he ended up wrecking, and it kind of, that that's what we were talking about. It kind of ended his day, and it kind of stunk. Um, Josh Williams had, uh, he had a good running. Everybody knows him from Atlanta and Parkett. Uh, the only person that was really retired well, there was a few people retired, but the first person retired was Sage Karam. And then we had a couple of these other guys go in there. And, you know, Josh Berry ended up finishing the race. He finished 24th. Allgaier finished 23rd. And, you know, it. we'll see what happens. They both hit the wall, uh, Allgaier and Barry. Um, and Hill just went out there and he ran it. And, you know, like I said, Hill's been doing really well this year. I could see him winning the championship. It's hard to tell going forward, but we'll, you know, he's got John Hunter. John Hunter's been one of the other guys strong. And, you know, it's, it's JGR. They, it's, it's theirs to lose with them being the, the, the champion from, you know, Ty Gibbs coming out there last year. So going into the end of this race, as we said, we have seven races going. And if we look at our playoff, our predicted playoff here, we are looking at a 12, 12 uh, field starting. And, you know, Parker Kligerman's up there at 26 to the good. And, you know, 
we'll see what happens. Uh, no, excuse me, Riley Hurst. Parker Kligerman's behind. I I could see those guys to wide, uh, you know, changing back and forth. Uh, Sam Mayer's pretty up, pretty up there for the good. Um, you know, you got people like Jeb Burton. That's kind of. We'll see what happens. Um, he made it up on a win. You know, we have one guy that's higher than some of our winners, Josh Berry. He is up there. But I think it's going to be, you know, go back and watch Riley Hurst, Parker Kligerman. Those guys are going to be the ones to watch. Sam Mayer, I think he might be good unless he has a string of bad races. I mean, we're talking seven races left, so it's hard to tell with that. But I could see I could see Parker maybe squeezing it in and Riley coming out. It, it just it's hard to tell. And so that that's something to end up watching on that. Um so just moving over into the Cup series. Cup series was, you know, it was a good race. We had some wrecks. We had some pretty strong wrecks. Um, Joe Logano spun, hit the wall. He was very upset with the the crew out there towing him, and he was kind of complaining about all that. And you know whether it was rightfully so or no, I don't know. Uh, Tyler Reddick was kind of involved in an incident, so to speak, with Austin Dillon. Uh, looking at the replays, Reddick was there. Austin Dillon was coming down and Austin Dillon hit him and ran out of room. Didn't see him. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, but he blamed Reddick. He ended up throwing his helmet and that's something we'll talk about later going forward. But, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Reddick, Reddick had a really strong showing, you know, Truex was one of those guys up there. Um, so, you know, the guys starting the race qualifying, are your your normal people that you see up there? William Byron got the pole. Martin Truex was second. Kyle Larson third. Kevin Harvick has been coming into it more of late. I think he's fourth. Christopher Bell rolls off fifth. So you have a lot of your normal guys that you see up there running, and then you had some people that run that you don't normally see. I mean, Corey LaJoy, strong start, started twelfth. Ty Gibbs eleventh. Bubba Wallace tenth. You know, and I, I think LaJoy might have had a better finish than he had if it wasn't for his early spin. He kind of spun. He was he was pretty much the first guy that uh, call wreck, throw out the caution. He spun, and he had to come back out there, and he ran. <clears throat> it was close watching the race from where we were. He was inching and inching to being close to being lapped on that first stage just because of everything going on. Uh, but, you know, it was rough to see. Suarez was also part of that wreck with Joey Logano. I mean, they spun into turn one. Turn one is really tough because you're coming off that straightaway and you're going really fast and you're going f- far away from your guys, your spotters. And then you're getting into the turn, which is that one is the highest banking of the three turns. Pocono has three different degrees of bankings, which one reason why they call it the tricky triangle. And then you hit into the long pond straightaway, which is actually the longest part of the track. And then you hit, <clears throat> excuse me, you hit in the tunnel turn, then turn three. People think turn three, it lasts forever just because it's so low banking and it's such a wide sweeping turn. It's one of those that, you know, you can catch some wrecks there, but you also, you're mostly catching wrecks because people are starting to grab gears and going down that front stretch. And the next thing you know, they got to slow down and they can, that front stretch is so wide there that you can go, you know, you, you can go multiple cars deep going into that race. So, you know, 
as I was saying, Dylan was involved in a couple wrecks of there. Um, he was he was visibly upset. We'll talk about that going forward because there is some news coming out for that. But just going forward, you know, restarts were the key for this, I believe. I mean, we finished stage one. We have Logano, Truex, Denny Hamlin, Tyler Reddick, and A.J. Allmendinger. He's one of the guys you don't really hear talking about. He did well. <clears throat> now, and I also say he did well, too, because some of these guys uh, short-pitted the stage, so you had them come in and go through – and they weren't worrying about stage points. I think it was smarter to stay out and get the stage points, especially if you're vying for either that you're right there on the cut line or you just want to pad that. Like Truex, he's sitting there fighting for the the championship, the regular season championship. Same thing with Christopher Bell. And so, you know, it's it's one of those things to see what would play out there. Moving forward, again, it's one of those short pits styles. You know, Truex ended up going in – pitting before the end of the stage. So he ended up finishing 10. He still got points, but it was, it was there real close. Ty Gibbs got points in this one. Reddick, uh, our top four for our stage two was Kyle Larson, Ty Dillon, William Byron, Denny Hamlin. There was a top four. Ty Dillon was up there. I don't think he would. It, that one was interesting to see because uh, of how everything was with the, the, the tires, older tires, and so on. Um, but we had we had a string of restarts in the last stage that it was like, man, if they didn't push, it was you weren't getting up there. And you could see that where either Truex was behind Larson and they were pushing and he just stayed second. Or if one of these other guys was up there, William Byron, I think one of, one of the guys, he's up there and, you know, on the, on the bottom row and they didn't go. And it's just, it's one of those things that was interesting to see what happened. So let's go ahead and finish off our, our end of the race on where everybody's standing. We'll start with the 10 and go to one chase Elliott, good, strong finish for him. You know, unfortunately it's going to be a win and end for him. It seems like Eric Jones, ninth Harrison Burton, eighth Ricky Stenhouse had a really strong showing. Um, he did well. He started 22nd. So he had a poor, qualifying and then he came up and was able to make it right and finished strong. Christopher Bell sixth, Ty Gibbs fifth, Harvick finished fourth, Trucks finished third, Reddick finished second, Denny finished first. Now we'll get into a little bit of the end of the race because that was the very controversial portion of this race, in my opinion. They did have at the end of stage two, they did have some the controversy because somebody ended up having a wreck and they ended up going towards the end of the stage and ended stage two under caution. And then they immediately opened up pit road. Cause you had people like a Larson who won that stage. They were on fumes. Same thing that I was talking with Ty Dillon. They were on fumes and they opened that, they opened that pit road a lot earlier at the end of a stage than they've done in the past. And so that was one of those, what in the world's going on here? But the big one was we had a few wrecks and a few restarts. Trucks got up front. He led a lot. He led a lot in that second stage. Um, Twenty laps led. Tyler Reddick led fifteen, and Denny Hamlin led nine. Now the controversy coming up. There was a li- one of the controversies that I see, and I was listening to Larry McReynolds yesterday on our way back, and he was like, you know, I'm not drinking the NASCAR Kool Aid. You know, they did the right thing, and yada yada yada. The thing that caught us, and we've talked about it at home, 
is we're listening to the radio there. I think it was Ryan Priest spun. They had that caution flag in hand, about to wave it, and they put it back and pulled the white flag. So we did not have an overtime restart. We had it end under caution because Ryan Priest didn't get going, and Denny ended up winning the race. And so that's how that happened. We see it as from the from a fan side being there because Pocono was sold out, sold out camping, sold out in the grandstands. I mean, this is the best showing that they've had in 13 years, if I remember correctly. And you sit there and you're going to end it under yellow when you had the yellow flag in hand. What's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, NASCAR's thrown cautions for spin outs that people have gotten right and going a lot quicker than, you know, Ryan Priest. And I know people will sit there and be like, well, it's a two and a half mile track. And they would have gone around and he could have got it going. I don't care. You sit there and somebody spins and there's still time for him to get going. And he cleared before the guys would have actually made it to him. But they're going to throw that caution immediately after he spins. It's inconsistency. We've talked about it before with NASCAR. It's been inconsistency on when they throw the caution, how they throw the caution. And that's the that's the issue that we have, that I have with some of these cautions. The other part part of this is Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson. Larson was up there. So the restart was Hamlin Reddick and Larson. Those were your four. And then Truex. Those were your four guys up there on the restart, the final restart before the end of the race. Now, if you noticed, I didn't mention Larson up there in that top 10 and that top four. He finished 21st. Now, if we go back and look at everything, Denny Hamlin, who somebody who listens to this podcast actually made a comment and said, you know, for as many times as Denny Hamlin's around accidents, he surely says that he doesn't cause any of them. And this is another one of those things where he's like, they all wreck themselves. And if you go back and look, he did the same stinking thing he did to Ross Chastain last year on the long pond straight where he just slowly slid up and pretty much made Larson hit the wall. And, you know, I don't like Larson as a winning so much, but that's, that's dirty in my opinion. And I think, you know, Larson ended up saying, he's like, you know, to our buddies, Demi Ham- Denny Hamlin is never wrong and he's always right. So that's how it's going to be. And then we go to, Diddy Hamlin going on to this and Truex ended up talking about it. And it's very interesting about it. Truex comes out and says, you know, he slid him up, he run him, and he's like, he but he gave him that extra little little push. And you know, the the dirty he, he kind of mentioned about being dirty. I'm gonna pull up the quote here real quick while we're talking about everything and just discuss it with you guys and I'll I'll read a quote so I don't take it out of context so much. But his quote was, I did exactly what Denny did. He kind of took that, took it that extra, make, that extra, make it a little dirty, and I didn't. So maybe that's the difference why he won and I didn't. And, you know, that's true. He slid up there and he pushed him up there. Truex ain't going to really try to do that. The other thing that kind of hurt Truex was <clears throat> nobody was pushing. I think the only person that pushed, and it was kind of surprising, was Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs had a really great push on Truex in the start. And just going forward, it, you know, that didn't happen. 
with any of the other guys. So it it's I don't know. It's one of those things that sucks. You know, I I don't really like Denny Hamlin. He got a lot of booze for what happened because I mean you have a lot of Larson fans out there, and he just got the booze. So let's go ahead and dive into the playoff standings. We'll kind of change gears here for you guys. <clears throat> so our big thing that we're looking at here is our regular series championship towards our cutoff line for these guys. So we have Truex and William Byron sitting there fighting for that regular season championship. And Truex ended up getting some more points, gaining ground. I think he was like 18 points to the good before Pocono. And now he is, he's doing well. He got up to 30 points. I mean, it's still not something to sit there and knock it in the bank on how everything's going. Cause we're, I think it's seven point, seven races. They're the same as Xfinity before the start of the playoffs. And, you know, we still have William Byron with four wins, Truex and Kyle Busch with three wins. And let's go ahead and dive into it. You know, you got Denny and Larson with two wins. <clears throat> then everybody else has one, has one win. Our cutoff line has changed just a little bit here. We are really close on two spots. I think Kevin Harvick, you can knock him, lock him in. Brad Keselowski, lock him in. You know, they're 163 points, 122 points to the good, to the cutoff line. Chris Busher's up there, too, 111 points. He's there at the 15th and 16th spots. Those are the ones we need to watch for and see what happens, and that's going to be involving it's, – it's getting closer now. you got Bubba Wallace at 15th, Michael McDowell at 16th. They are 27 and 17th, respectively, to the good. A.J. Elmendinger, Daniel Suarez, Ty Gibbs – and then you could kind of throw in Alex Bowman at 46. That one's kind of a long shot, I think. Uh, Chase Elliott's at 56. But you have A.J. Elmendinger, 17 points is a good – or to the below, sorry. You have Daniel Suarez, 23 points below. Ty Gibbs, 28 points below. I think it's one of these guys to lose. I could see Elmendinger moan up there, making it up there if he makes a strong running and McDowell doesn't. And vice versa. But again, if we have a new winner, let's say Harvick goes up there and win. Harvick goes up there and win, it doesn't matter. If we have, you know, a Suarez goes up there, that kind of, a Bowman goes up there and wins. If Elliott wins, like he's got to win to get into this, it'll knock McDowell out. We're looking at the standings right now, and we're only looking at one spot that's probably not locked in points wise for this race. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think we're going to be in for some good racing going forward. We do have. Atlanta, or sorry, excuse me, Road America and Richmond coming up this weekend. We have Xfinity at Road America, and the Trucks and Cup Series are at Richmond this weekend. So we're going to be having qualifying at Richmond on at 535 on Friday. We have practice and quality, in qualifying for Road America on USA. Unfortunately, Trucks qualifying is not going to be on TV this, this weekend. And then we go into Cup Series. You Practice and qualifying will be on USA at 1235 Eastern on Saturday, 120th qualifying. And then we're going to sit here and do the the Xfinity race at 3 Eastern on NBC. MRN is going to be calling the radio broadcast. And then we have MRN and Fox for the truck series. That's going to be a night race at 730. And then Sunday, the Cookout 400 for Richmond will be on USA MRN with the radio broadcast. 3 p.m. Eastern will be the start of that, and so we'll we'll go forward. 
news that's happened since we've been talking. We have a open spot next year for the 33 car, uh, 31 car, excuse me. Justin Haley has actually signed a multiple year extension or new contract with Rick Ware Racing. And depending on who you talk about, they're saying, you know, that's the end of his career, but who knows what's going to happen with that. I'm not going to, I've thought like, because Rick Ware is one of these guys that doesn't really run up front a lot, but Hey, if they're paying him and they're able to do it, who knows? Maybe they'll come up and start contending more. Uh, Shane Van Gensenbergen is actually going to be running the Indianapolis road course race. I think it's the second weekend in August. And then, NASCAR is actually going to be looking into the Austin Dillon. We were talking about that Austin Dillon and that Tyler Reddick um, push there and controversy. Austin Dillon threw his helmet at Tyler Reddick's car, and NASCAR is going to be looking to that, see what's happening with that. So we'll see what happens. We'll post some information about what's going on, and if anything happens or comes from that, who knows. So just moving forward, again, we'll touch on this weekend. This weekend was wild. It was fun. Got to meet Justin Allgaier. Got to meet uh, the kids. Got to be part of the the waving of the flags for driver intros and drivers got in between them. And, I mean, overall, it was just a wild, fun race. We love going to Pocono camping going forward. I was able to, if you haven't seen any Facebook posts, I was able to get a special interview. This is our first interview for the podcast, so I want to go ahead and thank him in advance Right now, we were able to get the spotter for the 47 Cup car, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. So he's won the Daytona 500 this year, as well as he was a winner this weekend with Kyle Busch Motorsports in the 51 truck as a spotter. Um, uh, So gracious to have Tab Boyd come on and take roughly 10 minutes to talk, have some questions for him and I hope you guys really do enjoy this interview. I hope I can get some more for you guys. But we're going to go ahead and go right into that interview and then go from there. And you guys have a great one. And we'll see you next weekend. Talk to you soon. So, hey, guys. I know I kind of rushed at the end of that main bit of the podcast. But I just want to come back and, again, say thank you to Tab Boyd. He is our first interviewee of this podcast. I hope to have more from people that either enjoy love racing or that actually work in this business going forward. I know it can be very busy for those guys, but this is something that I hope to enjoy and to do. I I enjoy, but I hope to have more of going further. Uh, As I was saying, Tab Boyd is the 47 Ricky Stenhouse Jr. spotter and one thing I didn't know is he actually spotted for Kyle Busch, as I was mentioning, when he won the race. So it was it was fun to see that and learn more things that I didn't even know and see how some of these guys prepare and how they feel about different things going forward. So once again, I want to jump into this interview with Tab Boyd. Uh, again, I'm gracious and I am thankful that he was able to give me the time to actually take care of this. So... Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it, and again, have a good one. Thank you. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm here with the spotter for Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Tab Boyd. Uh, thanks a lot for being part of this. I appreciate it. Busy weekend, I know, with the rain that we've had and everything so on. So if you don't mind, I want to go ahead and get into it. What's the most enjoyable thing for spotting for you? 
there's a there's a lot of cool things you know just being in the sport and traveling around to different parts of the country and the friendships you make and uh lifelong friends i've met while on the road but as far as during the race i I would say having a clean race being sharp on your calls and that's the most enjoyable thing whenever you have a a good car and you have a good day at the end of the day you can feel proud because there's there sure is a lot of pretty tough days so you got to take the good with the bad awesome who else do you spot for besides ricky stenhouse uh this year i'm doing the 51 truck so got to win the race with kyle bush yesterday congratulations so that was pretty awesome thank you and uh the 91 for uh dgm racing and okay. different drivers throughout the, the okay. race cool all right so you spotted for various cup drivers how easy is it to adjust to different drivers and their <laughs> styles and what's the weirdest quirk that you've had from a driver <laughs> well that everybody has a different background and i've spotted for montoya for five years logano william byron everybody has a little bit of a different background and everybody even though they're really good and they're really fast they have different things they want to hear different ways to go about things so you have to be very open-minded to changing your style but i do have a a style that i just have like standard so I used to race a little bit, short tracks, things like that, and I basically would tell the driver what I would want to hear if I was in that situation. And it's, it seemed to work pretty good for me throughout the years, and there's different guys that that want to hear different things because the sport's changing. These cars and the Cup Series are so hard to uh, pass and get a handle on. Every little bit counts to where used to you could get away with a couple of bad laps, but now... You have to be on every single lap and help your driver along to find different grooves, let them know what other guys are doing, and and just uh, get all you can get throughout the day. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned about some of the to you know communicating with your driver so they understand it. What are some of the challenges spotting at somewhere like we're here at Pocono, where you know you can barely from the grandstands, I know you're higher up, you can barely see yeah. turn two versus you know somewhere like a bristol that's a small track or even north wilkesboro when you guys were out there for the first time in a long time yeah pocono is one of the most difficult ones because turn one is so far away and the cars are going directly away from you it's really hard to tell they can be they look like they're three wide but there might be a couple car links in between them that you don't realize until they start turning in the corner but there's the distance is a is a big difficulty. Daytona and Talladega, of course, with the drafting is very uh, difficult because you you want to pick the correct lane. If you're if you get into a wrong lane trying to make a move, you go straight to the back. And Atlanta now is a big challenge because it's the same thing as Daytona and Talladega, yeah. just a mile less in right. length, and all that action is packed into that little area. So <laughs> it's mayhem at Atlanta. So. I really love the short tracks. I like being able to see the cars and you can see the drivers working the wheel. And Bristol's one of my favorites. I love Martinsville. You know, everywhere we go is a, has its own cool quirk about it. And uh, you just do the best you can to help your driver to yeah. the front. What do you think about the, the dirt on Bristol? I, uh, to be 100% honest, I, I don't like I don't care for it. I see I, there's a lot of people that I, like that. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the most action-packed, awesome tracks to go to. Right. So it didn't need the dirt. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. I like I like good old Bristol, especially the Saturday night Bristol. Yeah. So uh, what do you think about the new car? How do you? What are your thoughts on it? Seeing how it runs. Now? Well, I mean, they're the new cars. Whenever you see them up close and in person, they're beautiful. I mean, they're they're really really cool, and 
everything's just a little bit different. You know, they have a transaxle now instead of a classic rear end housing and transmission. All the suspension is different. The wishbones in the rear, everything just handles different than what we're traditionally used right. to. The arrow has always been important in racing, but now it's a uh, it's important but different because you can work it around uh, to have more uh, downforce and different parts of the car. So uh, there's so much engineering that goes into it. And you try to learn as much as you can throughout the week of what they have going on so that during the race you can help your driver uh, advance up right. to the front. Cool. All right. So um, I'm going to throw a curveball to you. How do you, <laughs> how do you feel about guys like uh, Shane Van Gensenbergen, those guys coming in with the, the 91 car for Trackhouse yeah. running these road courses? I hear he's running at uh, Indy yeah. coming up soon. So what are yeah. your thoughts as a, a true stock car guy seeing these? Hey, that – if they had, can find a competitive car and race, that's cool with me. I mean, I knew he was going to run good before he ever made a right. lap because I watched those. Uh, yeah, the supercars are the closest supercars to these. Yeah, I, I really like watching Scott McLaughlin race mm-hmm. his cars, and I yeah. watched him whenever I worked at Penske. He right. was our teammate, and they raced over there. So we watched a lot of those races, yeah. and I knew those guys get after it. So yeah. it don't surprise me yeah. one bit. So. Yeah, if they can come over and race, it's cool. It's cool to see Kimi Raikkonen every yeah, now and then and right. guys like that. So, yeah, that's what it's all about. So my last and final question for you is, what would you say to somebody who hasn't watched NASCAR before or just started that's listening or, you know, wants to get into it? Uh, I know personally we have two people that haven't at our campsite here at Pocono that haven't yeah. even it's been a while and it's his wife's first time ever at a nascar race yeah. so she's she's kind of just um awestruck by everything yeah what would you say to that person outside that thinks it's just a bunch of rednecks i, I would say because even i hear it still to this day oh they're just going around in circles that's pretty yeah. boring yeah. but when you get into it and you see the strategy i wouldn't very i would encourage people to go get a scanner and listen to the the drivers and the crew and the spotter talk during the race because that adds an enormous element to what's going on you can hear them talking you can hear the banter you can you can know what's happening with pit strategy and that adds an adds a total new element to the race for somebody that's new and it's really interesting when you start getting into fuel mileage and pit strategy two tires four tires no tires Mm -hmm. fuel only there's so many strategies it's it's a lot of entertainment if you dig a little deeper into it. So it's not just sitting there and, and watching the car go around in circles. There's a lot of strategy. And I would encourage going to a race in real life because these cars are fast. Even at the short tracks, they are flying. And it even to this day, I've been doing this 26 years, the opportunity I get to walk down close to the fence and feel and see those cars go by is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. cool. Well, thank you very much for your time yeah, no on the, this busy weekend. And um, good luck out there to you guys. And, you know, thank you very much. Hopefully, you guys get up there and get running. Yeah, it'll be a good day. Yeah, see that new victory lane for the second time? (laughs) There you go. So.